Hello, folks. This is your host, Dr. Graham Taylor. Before we jump into this week's episode, I have a special announcement. August 18th through the 20th, I've been invited to host a Triad Mental Health Summit. This virtual online conference showcases innovative trends and thought leaders in the mental health and behavioral health industry. Such speakers as Saj Razavi from the Psychedelic Somatic Institute, Kathleen Stengel from NeuroAbilities, Aaron Williams from the National Council, including live interviews I'll be conducting featuring Todd and Vanessa Steinberg from Comoso Design, Ron Anderson from Project Reclaim, and Lori Ignacio and Jody Gearson from the Hawaii Pro Bono Mental Health Center. This event is online and free to attend. So go to triadhq.com slash TMHS to learn more. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today, a podcast brought to you by the Triad Network. This podcast is designed to share trending topics occurring within the world and our communities and bring them a behavioral and mental health perspective. Welcome to Behavioral Health Today. I'm your host, Dr. Graham Taylor. My guest today is Dimitri Moraitis, co-founder and co-spiritual director of the Spiritual Arts Institute. Originally trained in motion pictures and television, Dimitri is pursuing a promising career in directing and producing until he experienced a profound spiritual awakening that changed his life at the age of 25. After the spiritual awakening, Dimitri began pursuing a path in metaphysics. Dimitri is the co-author of the international bestseller and Nautilus Book Award winner for Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, Communing with the Divine, Karma and Reincarnation, The Healing Power of Your Aura, and the book Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution. Dimitri is a teacher, contributing his spiritual wisdom in books, workshops, and course materials. We're excited to have Dimitri with us on the show today as we discuss spiritual healing, soul growth, and his work with the Spiritual Arts Institute. Dimitri, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> it is really nice to have you. You know, I said in the introduction that at the age of 25, you had what you've described as a really life-changing experience, a profound spiritual awakening that so changed your life that it led to your pursuing a path in metaphysics, a different path than what you started on. Oh, Take us back to that experience, if you would, and then maybe yeah. just explain how it altered the course of your pursuits. Yeah, yeah. Well, interesting. You know, I was born with the name Dimitri. I was born of a Greek family, and my father was a psychiatrist, right? He came to the United States from Greece to pursue a career here, which he did very well. He was a brilliant psychiatrist. His father introduced depth psychology to Greece. So I was kind of steeped in wow. the psychological world. My mom was on the artistic side. I was playing piano from like age two. And I thought I was going to go into the arts. First, I thought maybe piano, but then movies kind of took hold. So, you know, in the arts, you 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 do think of the ineffable. You're 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 always searching for that, you know, that inspiration that you can't put your finger on, right? So you're you're already kind of tuned into things that are not logical, shall we say? Yes. <laughs> you know. Um, so I had this other kind of more scientific thing, and then the more creative. And then I pursued film, and it was actually, as you said, it was actually going quite well. And I moved to California because, you know, that's where you have to be in the business. I was in the right. Midwest. I was, in, I was raised in Chicago. And then at a certain point, again, I didn't know anything about metaphysics. 
as a Greek, you're born Greek Orthodox. So yes, we went to Easter, but we were not exactly very religious. But I wasn't like anti-religious or anything. It just wasn't, again, I was more consumed with the creative. And again, I don't know how to even put it in the words. I was having what I ended up calling my inspiration moments, mm. where I was in a very different place in consciousness. It was sort of a heightened aware. It was like the wind. It came by itself. It left by itself. I wasn't making it happen. I mean, one time I was in a shopping mall and it was happening in there. So it wasn't like I was on a mountaintop meditating yeah. or something, right? And I didn't think that much of it other than they were beautiful moments, but they started happening more frequently. Uh -huh. And then this one time where it just got so intense, it was my salt in the road to Damascus moment. Now, I, I didn't have a vision of a celestial being at that, but my whole worldview somehow changed in that moment. And mm -hmm. I did that. But again, I still didn't even have a name for it. I still didn't understand what it happened to me. Initially, mm -hmm. some people thought, oh, you had a religious experience. And I said, well, not quite. That doesn't feel like what it was. And then when someone said metaphysics, that was it. I was, I was on the new road. Now, I was very careful. I didn't jump into groups, but I studied everything that I could, I, every book. And again, fortunately, being in LA, there are these great resources yeah. to go to, you know, at PRS, one of the great metaphysical libraries in the country was there at the time. The Bodhi Tree was like the bookstore for metaphysical books. And so I was in the right place at the right time, right? And then about a year later, a girlfriend that knew, you know, I couldn't stop talking about this, right? It was like there. So she wasn't really that into it, but... She said, you know, I know you like these things. You know, a friend is hosting a woman that's going to do a meditation. She works with the aura. So I went. I didn't think anything of it. It was the first time I meditated. I was meeting Barbara. Okay. In We're that one night. Her. Yeah, I was. I started talking to her because then I did start pouring my heart out. I thought it was a real nice conversation. She joked, you interrogated me that night. <laughs> you know? But I had all these driving questions. After a while, I realized, you know what? She's talking from experience. This mm. is not something she read in a book. And she started to give language to what I was experiencing. Mm. She started to make me understand it. And I just said that night, I found my teacher. You know, right, cool. we jumped in right away. And yes, I was very much in the film direction then. Mm. But I also started to realize, you know, I like to say film is a jealous mistress. It kind of wants all of you. You know, mm. you have to put all of you into it. And I just realized my heart just was moving in a different direction. I was trying to make the two work, but it wasn't a time in the in the showbiz world that they were accepting. These are this was like the mid 1980s, right? Or early, you know, so they weren't into these subjects back then. But I had to pursue that road. So I tell people, you know, I went to LA to follow my bliss, thinking this is where I was going to end up. It took me there, but it also took me a different direction. Yes, so it did. Don't think the next step in your great journey might be the end of the journey. <laughs> you know, it might lead to other things, which it did in my case. Yeah, I think that's kind of a, an important kind of priming message, maybe in our time today, that don't always think that that course is going to be the the end all right there. Be open. Exactly. Be exactly. open to other things exactly. being presented. And you were open. This sounded like there was a certain receptivity or attunement that you were in a place, little did you know, and then things just kind of unfolded, including... A conversation after attending Barbara's meeting that night. And I want to come back in the show and I want to learn more about her from your perspective. But as we start out the show, I'd like to maybe focus a little bit more on some of the terms that I anticipate as using that is very helpful for our listeners to have a greater sense of terms like metaphysics or spirit or soul. Would you lay out for us a working definition for each of these so that we can follow these through our show together today? 
Sure, sure. Because it does change, right? Even the word psyche, right? In the ancient Greek, it meant soul. Then mm -hmm. it meant the mind. Now it means, oh, you're psychic with a sixth sense. And the, the terminology can easily get a little bit confused. Correct. So metaphysics, kind of Aristotle coined that term, meaning after. So what you're really saying in a nutshell is you're you're studying the spiritual roots of physical life. So in other words, metaphysics teaches that this physical world is, of course, real, but it's not the only world there is. It isn't just atoms and energy floating through the universe in its own way without anything else connected to it. There is a spiritual source. And as Teilhard de Chardin would say, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yeah. So once you hit the source of that, this is key for things like mental health, physical health, because the mind is not isolated from the body and the mind is not isolated from the soul. They're all working together. And if you only look at this one thing, it's like saying, if I take care of my right hand, my body's taken care of. No, your right hand is taken care of. But if you want a healthy body, you got to look at the whole body. Yeah. So the study goes into tapping into that inner part of you. So really what the spiritual experience I was describing, it was without even putting a, a label on it, it was experiencing the inner self. Yeah. It was coming to a realization there is something more than just brick and mortar here. Now, some people have these awakenings gradually over time. It's not like a big dramatic moment. Mm -hmm. Others it is. But once it happens, you really can't go back to the other life. No, and spirit some, yeah. is that source light. That's the other definition. It's saying, so the other thing we say is the physical is a result world. It's born of the spiritual. Mm -hmm. So again, it's important, but it's not where it came from. So if you really want to harness the physical life properly, you've got to be in tune with its spiritual source. And this is related to healing. This is related to intelligence. It's related to inspiration. It's related to everything we do in this world. We'll be right back after word from our sponsor. Nearly nine in 10 registered voters believe the nation faces a mental health crisis, according to a new USA Today Suffolk University poll. Americans are more concerned than ever about their mental health. Mental health first aid provides the resources and training to identify, understand, and respond to signs of mental health and substance use challenges. It provides the confidence and skills needed to offer life-saving assistance, and it provides peace of mind. Our experts provide mental health first aid training for adults, teens, caregivers, veterans, law enforcement, EMS, and school faculty. Mental health concerns are on the rise, but evidence-based training through mental health first aid can make a difference. Visit mentalhealthfirstaid.org to find a course near you or email hello at mentalhealthfirstaid.org to schedule a training. Courses are available for individuals, groups, organizations, and companies of all sizes. Visit mentalhealthfirstaid.org and make a difference in your community. Really good. I want to highlight the idea of source and see if we can't come back to that a little bit here. But I want to take what you're saying around the metaphysics and how this all got started. I know you said you met Barbara. I know that the Spiritual Arts Institute that was created was founded back in 2005. And right. the intention of this institute is to help folks kind of accelerate through a highly right. effective practice of meditation, their spiritual understanding and development. And your programs are built 
on your and Barbara's teachings, as well as facilitated by her extensive clairvoyant experiences over the last, it sounds like, like five decades. Yeah. Share with us more about Barbara and her abilities oh, to incorporate. Boy. Okay, let me try to keep it in a short. <laughs> <laughs> I know you admire her very much. Oh, I, yeah, I know. I, she's Look, I say I could have read every metaphysical book in the Library of Congress, and I would not have been able to reach where I am today. In this tradition, at some point, you need a teacher. You know, you're not going to become a brain surgeon by taking it, studying a bunch of books. You, you've sure. got to get in there, get into the school. The ancient days, they called those schools the mystery schools. In the East, they called them the ashrams. You know, you, you're dedicating your life to the mysteries there. Now, Barbara was basically born clairvoyant. She was also, actually, she's Greek as well. Her father was a Greek Orthodox mm -hmm. priest. He was actually a builder of churches. They would send mm -hmm. him around the country physically building the church, getting the congregation together. Age three, she was starting to see the auric energies. She what are started... you referencing, just real quick, Dimitri? What are you referencing when you say she's clairvoyant? Define okay, that so if we're spiritual beings in a physical body, so we're saying we're not our body. Our body is kind of like a, a vehicle. We use it here for the time that we're on Earth. And then we also say Earth is like a schoolhouse. So this inner part of us has its own spiritual anatomy. And it is possible for everyone has these this potential to awaken those inner spiritual faculties. So, for example, okay, I can see you right now. I'm seeing you with my physical eyes, right? You're seeing me with your physical eyes. But if your spiritual eyes were open, you would start to see the spiritual aspects of me, my aura, things going on around me that are not happening physically. Mm -hmm. Now, some people are born with this gift. But it can be developed. Now, it's a long journey, but it can be developed because it's a faculty. It's mm -hmm. a skill. It's a talent. Just like Mozart was playing music at age four, but it doesn't mean if you if you can't play music at age four, you can't be a musician. Of course you can, right? Mm -hmm. It's just Mozart was Mozart, right? <laughs> so age three, she's seeing auras, but she doesn't know what they mean. She doesn't know all these colors and energies moving yes. around. But she did say it wasn't always pleasant because of my parents who were arguing. I'd see all this discordant energy between the two of them. And it was almost scary. I mean, this is a little kid, right? You know, yeah. then at age 11, she met somebody that could see the aura too. And this woman was a hermetic scientist, her mother, grandmother, she had these handwritten books, and she started privately teaching Barbara. And she said, that's when I started to understand, oh, you've got lemon yellow around your head, it means you have a really strong intellect, You're, you have a really good mind, or you've got the pink, it means there's a loving nature there. So she could start to interpret it. She came to LA, Interestingly enough, she got involved with the showbiz. There's a great story with her and Cecil B. DeMille, which you may have to say for another time. Um, but then she got the calling, saying, no, your, your destiny is not movies, it's metaphysics. Huh. We redirect her life, and she met another very advanced sort of mystic that was very clairvoyant, and this woman prepared her to be a teacher. So mm -hmm. I say, look, it's one thing to have the talents, another being trained at it, right? Mm -hmm. So she, she would, took her years to get trained at it, and then she began her career. Yeah. Really good. What a what a timely opportunity for you to meet her. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Again, I don't. Of, I think it was meant to be, as they say. It <laughs> sounds like it. I know that the uh, Spiritual Art Institute it, it emphasizes a metaphysical transition known right. as the Kingdom of Light teachings, and that was what I understood was founded upon a 4,000-year-old, very rich mystic tradition, going back to the Hebrew mystics. And exactly. exactly. You, you teach tools for persons and spiritual development. 
meant for all people who are really wishing to better themselves. And in fact, you're, the, the model for your spiritual, spiritual institute is helping souls grow. Yeah. Share with us how you teach meditation and draw upon divine light to enhance any aspect of one's life and help them reach kind of their highest spiritual aspirations. What's that involve? Yeah, yeah. So meditation is the cornerstone of what we do. And it really, for anybody on a spiritual path, it should be the foundation. Meditation is your one-on-one -on -one time with the divine. I know some people treat meditation as just, I just want to like not think a thousand miles a minute, you know, and that's yeah. fine. Those meditations are great, right? Just to quiet ourselves a little. But the meditations we do are to get in touch with that inner, shall we say, divine self so that you yeah. can literally, like you said, accelerate this. You know, we, we're, we're thinking, look at all this technology, how life is accelerating. But we don't realize there's even a greater opportunity to grow mentally, spiritually than ever before. So we need to tap into that. Yeah. Now, in our work, you're you're meditating with, like you said, spiritual energy. So to give an example, a practical one, let's say you, you need to go ask for a raise at your job and you got to go in and talk to the boss and you're a little bit timid and you say, oh, not today, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, <laughs> you know? Now you deserve it, but there's maybe the courage, like the cowardly lion yes. is quite there yet, right? Yeah. Well, in your aura, you might be missing some of that confidence energy, which comes through in this brilliant gold light. So mm -hmm. you can meditate with the gold. You can actually bring it into your aura. Now, it doesn't mean automatically you're going to be, you know, heroic, but it'll give you more power so that, yeah, when you go in to ask for that raise, suddenly you're finding, oh, I can do this, you know, I, I have more confidence. So, and, and this is in all facets, more love, more... I was amazed there was an energy of prosperity. There's a conscious, mm -hmm. you know, we think of prosperity as how much money do I have in the bank, mm -hmm. but it starts in the mind. It starts in consciousness. It's a consciousness of wealth. How is it somebody can walk into a town penniless and amass wealth in a relatively short period of time? Because they have the consciousness to make that happen. And all this you can develop. And it's also transformative. There was a, a woman in one of the classes and she had a literal fear of crossing bridges physical bridges she was just she would get palpably afraid right and she had to go over three bridges to get to work oh my <laughs> she went to therapy for years right she said it didn't really help after about six months of this of the meditation she said one day i went to work and i didn't even realize i had crossed the three bridges i love that i love that so she's able to kind of take this area a challenge or struggle and incorporate this meditation, but not just meditation for quieting the brain, something that allows her no. to really focus in an area. And you, as we talk about this divine light, I know that you focus in the in the process of teaching these things like the six steps of downraying the light. Right. Walk us through just a little bit of that, if you would. Yeah. Now, some meditations are literally just, you know, close your eyes, breathe sure. deep, or others are what they call mindful meditation. You focus, let's say, you know, meditate on compassion. Others are mantras. You're saying a mantra in your mind. But this is a little bit of an art form because just like you said, you're not meditating on one thing. You you decide, okay, today I'm going to work on my fears or today I want to build more calm. You, you make a decision even before you step into the meditative experience, what aspect of your life are you going to focus on today? And then there is a technique for bringing in the actual light. So number one, you do have to relax you can't be mad as heck and say, okay, I'm going to meditate right now. That isn't going to work, right? So you have to chill out. If you have family, you have to tell them, look, 
please, for the duration of the meditation, don't interrupt me unless the house is burning down, okay? Don't ask me to start your Wi-Fi because it's not working. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my meditative space right now, right? And then we do ask for this, because when you're meditating, you're opening to receive. Prayer is a petitioning, it's a connecting with the divine, and meditating is a receiving. So actually what we do are meditative prayers. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to open to that. So we do ask for a you envision a protective energy around us. You know, we don't realize sometimes how much we're getting bombarded by energies of others around us. And just not letting that in so much is also healing all by itself. Right. And then in our work, we do work with the chakras and there's sort of an aligning with that. And then you actually go into the meditative process. We call raise the consciousness and call on the energy that we're working. And the meditation itself can be so exhilarating because once these energies are coming in, I used to call it when I started my click moment. So you kind of go through the steps and, okay, I'm feeling it sort of, then all of a sudden it would be this click and you'd be in a whole different space, right? And then you know, I'm leaving this meditation different than the way I started in my consciousness. Really and then, then the very important thing when you're finished, you have to apply it. You can't just say it's done. There, there was a doctor in one of the classes and he said, you know, I'm, I'll be frank with you. I don't show a lot of compassion to my patients. It's kind of in out. I see a lot of them every day and I need to just pay more attention to them, right? Mm -hmm. So we had to work with a more compassionate, loving energy. And But it wasn't just meditating. He had to do it. So he would spend literally more time with his patients. And not only did they love him, I mean, his his, pet, his practice got even busier. Oh, he, I'd imagine. Yeah, it just, just by that, you know, because I know a lot of doctors, I know they're busy. They think of people a little bit like Petri dishes, you know, <laughs> you got to recognize as a person you're talking to here. But again, the light and the meditations can help you with that realignment. Yeah, I really like that. You're talking about using the divine light to kind of both maybe bring to your awareness areas of a potential growth and being able to use that energy to then take it and come back into the world in a different way. When we talk about the divine light, you said something earlier today in the show about the term source. Mm -hmm. Define for me the source. Where, where, where do you understand this coming from? Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's interesting today, people can get so easily tripped up with words, right? It may conjure up things from their own past or sure different they do. Events. And I know a lot of people in metaphysics use just that word source, but we do use the word God. We do say there is a a non-denominational, not one religious belief system, but there is a divine intelligent source when, where all this is coming from. It's not just wandering in the atmosphere. And we're meant to align with this greater intelligence. That's where the inspiration is coming from. It's an all-loving intelligence. It's an all-wisdom. But again, if we're students in the schoolhouse earth, this divine intelligence can't do it all for us. If I do all the homework for my kids, who's learning, me or my kids, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to be allowed to make mistakes, sometimes big ones, so our soul can learn and grow. So we say it's not what's happening in your life that's the measure of your spiritual maturity. It's how you're handling what's happening in your life. That's the key. I love that fact that the, the, the Chinese symbol for crisis and opportunity is the same symbol. That's right. So again, some people, a difficult thing happens. They go, oh, woe is me. Others stand and deliver and say, well, how do I handle this? What am I going to do about it? And look, if you have one of those, oh, woe is me moments, don't wallow in it. Just get back up again. Say, okay, I got knocked down by this, but I'm going to stand back up again. 
I would imagine, you know, your presence and Barbara's and also probably the group aspect of this at times is a really supportive opportunity for folks that you oh, know, yes. when they are falling down or when they are kind of challenged with things that have other people kind of spotting them through that time. Great, oh, what a great word, spotting them. That, that's absolutely true. The community, you know, we're fellow spiritual travelers and we're meant to support each other. I tell people, look, the bonds of blood run deep but the bonds of spirit run deeper, you know? Mm -hmm. So when we're in fellowship, not because we were born in the same family, we're in fellowship because we're sharing kind of the same vision right. of where we want to go. And yes, it's very important because it's true. Sometimes people on the path, I mean, I had that experience. I had a very loving family, but no one understood what I was going through. It helps to have support, absolutely. And we get a lot of support. By the way, the, the classes we do are online and in person, right? So you can join from anywhere in the world. And they are joining, which is fantastic. You know, so good. Right from Japan or Europe or, you know, yeah. I know that the meditation just itself has some terrific research. Just, oh, my God. Just phenomenal. But I want to find out, what are you noticing the benefits of meditating with divine light include what's what's the unique aspect of that yeah, yeah. being added well my gosh almost any aspect of, if you're sincerely applying now again like anything if you're just walking through the steps and not doing it or you're mixing it with 50 different other practices right. well why are you surprised you're not getting the results you want right. but if you really are doing it first of all there's usually a greater sense of confidence a greater sense of okay I have a challenge in my life, but I know how to handle it. Yeah. And of course, the actual results. Okay, I was frustrated here, or I didn't know how to handle this, or this was going here, and suddenly I, I am handling this. Now, in my own life, I did notice an increase in my creative energy flow. I was just, I mean, ideas were coming in stronger than ever before. So even though I didn't end up going in a, in a movie business career, the creative energy was getting stronger. So yes, you know, we say you don't have to see the aura to work with it, but by working with it and seeing the results, yeah. that's the big change. And there's nothing better or satisfying than, you know, when you when you truly strengthen a part of your character, this, there is something very satisfying about that, where you know, yeah. this would have triggered me like nothing else even a year ago. Now it doesn't even bother me. Yeah. Yeah. I had a chance to read some of the testimonials on your group and, you know, people are talking about just a greater sense of self-reliance or self-confidence, the ability to release, you know, some past traumas or that, you know, oh, some yeah, negative habits or yeah. just their own sense of accelerated development of talents and abilities, which you're mentioning right there. And also just kind of a, a, a different sense of not just themselves, but the harmony yeah. that they experience in relationship with other people. So there's some really great takeaways from this, aren't there? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's mirrored. It's, well, again, it changed my life forever. I made this not only a practice for me, but in my case, it was also a career change. I realized, yeah. oh, this is the career I'm meant to be going. In. You know, and I have to say, been doing this 40 years now almost. And it's, I was thrilled at the beginning. I'm more thrilled today. So there aren't too many things. It's like a relationship, right? You marry the right person. It actually gets better with it. That's <laughs> with right. That certainly does. <laughs> you mentioned, you mentioned your programs now are both online and in person. And I know you have a number of programs for spiritual development available. Share with us some of the some of the programs with us and what folks could expect if they yeah. were to enter in and be a part of yeah. them. Yeah. So our, our core program is the seven spiritual arts program. Okay. Now, again, we know the seven liberal arts, right? It really what the liberal arts are meant to do is teach us how to think, right? How to critical think, how to use logic, 
for any situation in our life to be able to approach it mentally from a healthy point of view. Well, the seven arts are doing the same thing spiritually. So you get these seven different areas of study. There's actually 11 courses related to that. And each one is focusing on a different facet. Meditation is the foundation of it all. And you're you're empowering. I have to say also just the worldview. You know, yeah. it's like we're, we're wondering what is the worldview today? What is the, you know, having a clear picture yeah. of the worldview is empowering all by itself. Now, it is about a two and a half year program. Because I do say metaphysics is like learning a language or learning an instrument. You're not going to learn French in a weekend, right? <laughs> I don't care how smart you are. I know with AI, maybe you think you will be able to. But, <laughs> but I mean, really speak it. No, it's not. You need time and immerse yourself in it. Now, we have an entry course called Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, based on the book you mentioned. Yes. And that's six weeks. And that gives you the basics of how to meditate with light. So okay. by the end of the six weeks, you have the foundational tools and I mean, we've been doing that course for, again, over 20 years, and it's, it's the signature course of the whole Institute. Very good. I know you have a, a number of stories in your 40 plus years and Barbara's as well. But is there, is there a story that kind of stands out to you of, hey, there was a guy or a gal that came in and here's what they presented. Here's what we saw. And, and here's what they walked out with or here's what they're experiencing in their life right now. Any hallmark story? Oh, gosh, so many of them. I'd imagine. I, I think the hallmark ones tend to be the dramatic. Again, sometimes, you know, this is, you don't have to be dealing with a severe tragedy or a life-threatening disease. But when you do see those changes, yeah. that is kind of shocking. I mean, there was one we put in the healing book. Uh, a dear soul came in, you know, with a brain tumor, right? Now, mm -hmm. I'm careful here when I say this sure. story. It doesn't mean automatically you work with a light you're going to have exactly the same results, but it was an operative, right? It was mm -hmm. deep in the head. Now she had some natural clairvoyance. She could see the energies coming in and there was a lot of work done with her. And she had this unshakable confidence that I can, I can, you know, conquer this. And I think it was six months later, she went to the doctors for another MRI and, you know, their jaw dropped that the tumor mm -hmm. was gone. Yeah. That's a lovely and, you story. Know, again, I came from a medical background, right? I followed this. This was no, you know, put up job or anything. And it, yes. I already was convinced. But after that, I really started to realize, holy cow, this is really serious. Another case, oh, such a sweet soul. I mean, just the absolute most abusive childhood I've ever heard of. Mm -hmm. I just, I, again, I didn't even think parents could ever behave like that to their children, right? And she you know, it was such, so traumatic. She, she ran away basically. And then to, to deal with it, she literally got amnesia, right? She just forgot the whole thing happened. Of all things, she was working in a mortuary for a while and she just couldn't get over these severe depressions. Mm. And she went to a, a, a psychiatrist and it all came up, right? And it was just too much for her. So God bless her. She tried to commit suicide. Thank God she didn't succeed. And somehow she wandered into some of the healing things we were doing. And I have to say that first day, I didn't know her background at that time, but I was the kind of the conduit and I had never felt the healing power like that for her, okay. never before up to that point. And it was a while, but what really started to heal her was getting the light in there. Okay. And she pulled her life back together. She remarried. I mean, it was just, and then she had this amazing voice. There were all these things that 
were able to kind of bloom again, you know, yeah. that were there. And I just thought to myself, you know, gosh, if you can overcome that, you know, there's nothing you can't overcome. Yeah, those are great stories. I know that for listening to the show today, a number of our listeners might be interested in kind of pursuing something along this line. Leave us with a takeaway message. I know we're kind of winding down, but leave us with a takeaway message yeah. today for those that might have an interest in pursuing a path in spiritual growth. And how might you encourage them? Well, first of all, to pursue it, don't ignore it. You know, if you have a sense of this, if you've had some type of a stirring or awakening or even curiosity, that is the divine knocking on your door. It's not accidental. And however you want to, don't don't care what anybody else is saying or doing. As a matter of fact, it's a better idea a little bit to not to talk too much about it right away, <laughs> but just pursue it a little bit. You know, it's like a relationship. If you want to develop a relationship, what do yeah. you have to do? You have to give time in that relationship. So allow this to kind of bloom in you a little bit, and it can only take you to extraordinary places. Really good. I appreciate that message as a takeaway. I'd love our listeners to follow up with you after our show today. How can they get in touch with you and, and your program? Sure. Well, we have, the, as you mentioned, it's Spiritual Arts Institute. We're a nonprofit yeah. in the San Diego area, but we also... We've been offering online courses since 2006, long before the COVID era. <laughs> you know, our website is spiritualarts.org, and you're welcome to visit it, call the office. We'd love to hear from you. Dimitri, I know that one of the cornerstone programs that you guys do happens quarterly. Share with us what that program is and how that works. Yes, yes. It's called the Seven Spiritual Arts Program. It begins every calendar quarter, so it's September, January. April and July. And you can start in any time in the cycle. It is a two and a half year program that goes deeply into the study of metaphysics and accelerating your spiritual growth. We have this gateway course, the change your aura, change your life for six weeks. So what you do is you try out the initial course, you learn the meditation. And if you enjoy it, then you go on to the whole program. If not, you got a great meditation practice. <laughs> really good. Well, Dimitri, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing with us the transformative experiences that you're helping people have. And I really appreciate our time today. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate all that you brought. Yeah. Nice to be with you. I also want to thank you, our listeners, for dropping by and joining Dimitri and me today. It's always great to have you with us. Regarding our episode today, I want to remind you that it and its resources and all of our other episodes can be found on our webpage at triadhq.com slash BHT. Thanks again for being with us on the show. And we'll look forward to having you back with us next time on Behavior Health Today. We appreciate all the support from our community, and if you like our show, one of the best ways you can support it is by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a review. Behavioral Health Today is a podcast part of the Tribe Network, all rights reserved.